Wake up in the morning, make it two sloppy eggs. Find a piece of cheese and put it on some bread. Have a cup of joe, and the next thing that you know, it's time for you to hit the road. Make my day, I like it in the morning. Make my day, and even in the afternoon. Make my day, sometimes in the evening. Make my day, and even when I'm sleeping too. All right, everybody, welcome back to Make My Day. Today we have Keith Nesso on the show. Keith is a hypnotherapist as well as an author, a musician, and a tarot reader. We're going to primarily talk about reading tarot because I thought with uh, with uh, Halloween coming up, you know, talk about something a little spooky. Some of you guys are a little spooked out by tarot. I wouldn't be too spooked out by it. It's pretty much cards with pictures on it and uh you know i don't know if you've ever been to las vegas or atlantic city but they have cards with pictures on it too and sometimes those cards help you make a lot of money if you play them the right way how's everybody doing i know we have an election coming up donald trump uh president of the united states versus john biden and it's gonna be a barn burner i was looking at the nate silvers 538s.com and it says that it says it has a i think he says Donald Trump has an 8% chance of winning. And if you compare that to what Nate Silver said last time, then I think that we're in for a close finish, a photo finish, as they say down at the horse track, that I have not been to since the COVID-19 uh, restrictions. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of people are on edge. A lot of people are hoping one guy wins. A lot of people are hoping another guy wins. Uh, some people think they hope someone else wins. And some people just hope that, you know, we can go back in time, uh, back to the future, or just like kind of go take a little break, maybe wake up, maybe we could do like a freeze yourself, wake up in the future kind of situation. Because some of this does feel a little bit funky, uh, to be honest with you, Um, and uh, I totally get that. And maybe that's a reason why if you're nervous about your future, it's time to book a tarot reading with Keith Nesso. So without further ado, let's go ahead and start the episode by hitting some sports. The Texas Longhorns are back on a winning streak, winning victoriously over the team they played last week. Uh, We got Oklahoma State coming up on Halloween, a Halloween game. Those are always spooky in Stillwater. The Los Angeles Dodgers win the World Series last night in a resounding victory of a certain amount of points that was greater than the other team. It's always nice to see Los Angeles winning championships. To be honest with you, I don't really care that much for uh, Los Angeles teams. Uh, Probably the Dodgers would be my favorite team if I was to rank them. I'm certainly not a huge Lakers fan, not a huge Rams guy. Anyway, uh, well, why don't we hit some callers, see what's going on here. All right, phones are lighting up. Uh, Caller number one, you're on Make My Day. Yeah, hey, Marcus, it's me, Ben Kingston. Hey. Yeah, from um, North Folk, Illinois. Oh, hey. We're in a battleground state here, and I just got to yeah. say, as a lifelong Republican, I got to vote for John Biden. Oh. I can't stand Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. He's got the big hair, and his hands are mm-hmm. real small, and I yeah. also I think he's a mean guy, yeah. and I just don't like the way he is. Sure. And, you know, I just don't want to sure. vote for that guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm voting for John Biden, and I think mm-hmm. he's going to win the 
the president of election mm. of the night of the United States of America. Mm. Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Ben. To be honest with you, I've been getting a lot of similar calls. I've been looking on the news and there's a bunch of former Republicans who are saying, you know, I've had enough with this guy. I've had enough with this guy and I just don't want him to be my president anymore. I want someone else to be president like John Biden. And, uh, you know, I get that, you know, Donald Trump has said some very inflammatory things. He's, uh, you know, he, he's not a super likable guy. Uh, we've had likable guys before. We've had uh, Barack Obama. He was likable. We had uh, Bill Clinton. He was likable. A lot of people liked him. And uh, even George W. Bush, people thought he was funny. They're like, he's so funny. Uh, and I get it. You know, Trump's not as likable. So I totally um, and, you know, you know, a lot of people disagree with this policy. So, so I get your vote and I respect you for standing up for your principles. Caller number two. Yeah, hey Marcus, it's Diane Benson, hey. and uh, I'm calling here from the great battleground state of Reno, Nevada. Oh yeah. And I just got to say that I I can't for the life of me understand why the Democrats put uh, John Biden in charge of the Democrat Party nominee of president. Sure. Because I'm watching him. Sometimes he's up there, and he seems like he he doesn't know where he is. Sometimes he said mm. that he doesn't know. Uh, he thought he was running as a senator. I mean, mm -hmm. he used to be a senator, so mm -hmm. I get that. I get. Mm -hmm. But you know, sometimes I'm just wondering. Is he a little bit too old? I know he. Does, I know they're similar ages. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I'm sitting around here talking to my grandchildren. They're saying you got to vote for John Biden. Mm -hmm. Then I talked to my grandfather, and he says you got to vote for Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe you could help me out. Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. I really appreciate the call. Uh, it is your vote, the undecided voter, that will decide the election. Ironically, undecided. Eventually, the decision will be because of the undecided. You know, that's how elections work. Uh, my recommendation to you is uh, twofold. Uh, first, vote with your heart. If you don't feel very connected with your heart, get into yoga. That's one of the great ways to open up the heart chakra. Second, if you don't feel like getting into yoga, then I would recommend a simple coin toss. One, to say, heads or tails, should I vote? If it's heads, go for it. If it's tails, it's your choice. It's dealer's choice. And if you do decide to vote, then do a heads and tails system again on whether you're going to vote for Donald Trump or John Biden. Hey, thanks for the call, Diane. Really appreciate it. It's Americans like you who are going to make this election really fantastic. Well, before we get into the interview, let's take a message from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Riot Glass. Riot Glass is a retrofit system consisting of custom-made security glass and framing designs that provide maximum protection against force entry and ballistic threats. Their leading-edge technology can adapt to almost any existing school, commercial, or residential window or glass door. You can safeguard your property without ruining your views or your budget. Riot Glass, the official sponsor of the Second American Civil War. For a limited time, head to riotglass.com slash breakmyday for 10% off your order. All right, everybody. Uh, today we have Keith Nesso on the show. Keith is an old friend, and Keith does tarot readings uh, under his Instagram moniker, Tarot by Keith. He also... Uh, is a QHHT certified uh, practitioner, uh, quantum healing hypnosis therapy. Is that correct, Keith? Technique. Quantum healing hypnosis technique. technique. Yeah. They should change it to therapy. I think that would be <laughs> um, Well, it's, it is hypnotherapy, so yeah. 
Uh, Keith is also a wonderful musician, producer, uh, sound engineer, mixer, um, and he's a visual artist and also is working on his first book, uh, mm-hmm. which I have tentatively named Keith Nesso's book. <laughs> Keith, how's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Thanks for asking. Yeah, that's good. What have you been doing today? Well, let's see. I went for a walk, um, and I've drawn two tarot cards today. Mm, what cards? You know, I did the Nine of Wands that I just finished, and uh-huh. I'm trying to remember the first one. It was the Five of Swords. That's the one I did. Yeah. What What did, What do you think that means for you? That that uh, I mean, are you picking these out of the deck to draw? Or are you picking them out of the remaining that you haven't drawn? It's the um, remaining, and I'm, I'm down to the last uh, four now. So I had six at the beginning of the day. Mm-hmm. I do pay I do pay attention to which ones uh, I'm drawing. Um, I, I shuffle them up and kind of randomly select the next one to do. Yeah. And sometimes it's more meaningful than others, but, you know, it's, uh, it's mainly just a, a meditative, creative effort that uh, really occupies my time and gets me into alpha brainwave state. And it's one of those things that I just kind of keep doing that doesn't get old. So this current um, project, though, is is focused on something specific, right? It's the color your own tarot deck. I've completed that one, um, and and the reason I'm, I'm I'm creating my fifth deck right now, I had a bunch of cards that I just redid that I thought I could do better. Because, you know, when you keep doing something in a reiterative process, you're supposed to get better at it. So Mm. my standards changed. So I had all these throwaway cards and, um, uh, you know, I was like, well, why not complete, you know, a complete deck? I don't like to leave things incomplete. Yeah. So um, I just kept going with it. And um, I'm almost done with deck five now. And And deck uh, five is the imperfect deck. Well, some of it's more perfect than the perfect deck at this point. So I may oh, wow. even uh, I may even take some of the deck five and slip them back digitally into deck four, which will be printed into the color your own deck. Okay, cool. Yeah. Are you going to self-publish that, or do you think you're going to try and look for people to help you? Well, I think the the right people will come into will come into play. I still need to like design the back of it and then find a printer and then you know mass produce it and, and sell it with the colored pencils and a pencil sharpener. So, uh, oh, I, you're I, gonna do it do it that way? That's the plan. Yeah, I mean, that's I think that would be the best way to do it. I can't self ink all the cards for sure. Um, so mass producing would get the the cost per unit down and and make it affordable for people who wanted to put their own energy into coloring their own deck for sure what i meant was you're gonna you're gonna include the pencils i'd love to include everything that's needed um you know if someone ordered and had to go buy their own pencils and sharpener you know yeah it'd be better just to sell it as a kit is it is that maybe easier because it's only it's a pretty specific color palette right it is, yeah, and it took me a few tries to actually get that palette really correct. But um, I, I've, I've selected the perfect pigments from the Prismacolor spectrum, and uh, I know how many pencils it takes for each deck, you know. So I could, I could save people the trouble of going through that process. How many um, colors? There are it? ten, ten colors. Oh, really? Yeah, ten colors. 
10 colors. So what does that mean um, that there are well, 10 colors? To me, you know, and I don't know if your audience knows about your connection to Kabbalah at all, but I uh-huh. really enjoy the, there is a great relationship between the Marseille Tarot and Kabbalah. Uh-huh. And um, because in my opinion, I've never found proof of this. It's just intuitive uh, knowledge that I've been given that the the Marseille, ancient Marseille first edition tarot deck, which is the one that I, I keep making, is intrinsically tied to the Torah. I think it's the same pictures and symbols and, and colors. Mm-hmm. And it's the same information. And, and when you dive into Kabbalah, the tree of life has 10 energy centers connected by 22 lines. Yeah, and the Marseille tarot deck, you know, all tarot decks have twenty-two major arcanum, and then the numerology of one through ten is heavily involved as well. So I think that's a big connection there, and having yeah. ten colors speaks to that same number ten. Yeah, um, and traditional numerology only goes one through nine, so including that number ten has real significance. It's that portal of ten and one being the same thing at the same time, just on different octaves of the spiral. Yeah. So it all it all ties in. The more you know, the more I study, the more it reveals itself. How did you get into tarot? It grabbed me by the jugular about three years ago, and it was um, really I was I was with a, a, a former love interest that kind of kidnapped me and took me on a ten day spirit quest in the desert, mm-hmm. and I found him uh, waking up and pulling tarot cards to to help know where to go that day and i just mm-hmm. really enjoyed the the kind of freedom and the mystery of that I, of course I'd, I'd always been drawn to tarot just not knowing it at all just has, it has everyone's drawn to it it has this really mysterious quality to it everyone has heard about it even if they don't know anything about it so uh when I expressed interest in it, a friend of mine gave me the Alejandro Jodorowsky and Marian Costa book called The Way of Tarot, The mm-hmm. Spiritual Teacher in the Cards. And they said, you know, you really need to look at the specific deck was their recommendation. And then another friend said, you know, if you're going to get a tarot deck, you really need the Marseille version. And, and that was an alignment. So I read the book and it was highly resonant, um, especially Joe Dorowski has been a tarologist for 30 years and he, he learned a bunch of decks that he then had to unlearn in the future as he, as his uh, knowledge deepened. So I felt like reading his material put me on the fast track and kind of like learning from other people's mistakes. And then um, when I wanted a deck, I wanted his deck and, and I couldn't really find one. So being an artist, I, I took it upon myself to cut up a bunch of cardstock and, thought a, a really interesting way to learn the cards would be to, to draw them and create them myself. And mm. that hasn't stopped. And every time I do it, like we said earlier, it's a reiterative process. I, I get better at it and I notice every little line and every number of every hash mark and, and what is symbolized by that. And it, it feels like the more I study it and draw it by hand, um, it, it's I get more and more information about it. It's a relationship that will never end. And also going back to, to Torah, uh, a lot of a lot of young students in Kabbalah, part of their job is to just write the Torah over and over again. You know, because you get mm-hmm. 
the, the, the text is way more than just reading words or symbols on a page. There's, there's matrices in that sacred text. And there's, uh, I believe, a multidimensional language encoded within it. And I feel the same way about the tarot. Mm-hmm. So ev- every time I copy it, even though it, it's creatively, you know, regurgitative, um, I feel every time I, it, it's like rewriting the Torah by hand over and over again. Mm-hmm. So I just feel a deeper connection to it. And, and, and it feels like I'm, I'm keeping a tradition alive because if anyone reads that Jodorowsky, Marianne Costa book, they they were tracking down the ancient Marseille tarot and there were all these missing pieces. And they they traced all the, the missing elements back to a hand-painted, hand-drawn deck that he had been offered as a 10-year-old. And he went back 30 years later and they found all the missing pieces in a hand-painted, hand-drawn deck. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm keeping a tradition alive in, in creating these decks. And I, I just feel like I'm in service of something way bigger than myself and honoring a tradition when I do it. So when you talk about the um, the each characteristic on each card, will you explain maybe an example of like what that means, what sort of information you can get from studying? Yeah, sure. Uh, um, a lot of the really subtle differences are in the minor arcana. Um, you know, there's 22 majors, and then there's there's four sets of, of minors, 56 cards divided into four suits. And a lot of the cards look symmetrical or the same, but there's mm-hmm. extremely subtle differences. For instance, in, in the cups cards, um, sometimes the lines in the cups are going from the ground up to the sky from left to right. And in other cards, they're coming from the sky to the ground. Um, they go in opposite directions. And then there's different numbers of lines within the cups. And you would never know that unless you really look closely at the card and there's very subtle messages of asymmetry and what does that mean. And the, the way the card is structured, um, the top half of the card, it's a double square, one square on top of the other. And the top card represents the sky, which is being spiritual and the bottom on the ground. So when you start to read into the numerology, well, why are there nine lines on the receptive grounded side of the card and only five lines on the active sky side of the card? There's very subtle hints. And uh, drawing the cards made me notice that. I, I don't think I would have noticed it unless I, I was really looking closely and, and mm. exactly copying what, what was there in that first edition. Well, because what I've seen is uh, when you pull up like a card online and like an explanation it's a, it's not necessarily as in depth as as what you're describing nowhere right? near nowhere near and and you know i would i would even make an analogous connection to astrology here because there's there's esoteric astrology and then there's exoteric and uh, the esoteric astrology would be your day-to-day horoscopes, you know, am I going to meet my, my new boyfriend today, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. But on the upper octave of that is way more meaningful information um, that's all, all based in frequency. And uh, I, I don't think you can get to the exoteric stage without first embodying the prerequisite of the esoteric. Mm-hmm. 
so uh, it, it and this is why it, it feels very fractalized to me. Um, it's the, it is the number ten. You know, it is the zero point where the the, the heart chakra is. It's um, this ever expanding, never ending learning process and in a cycle and a spiral. And I, I find that zero point in in every craft that I've endeavored. That tends to be the common point. Uh, would you would you want to pull a card right now for our audience? Maybe oh, think sure. about them and then uh, give us an example of how how you would read that card. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, stand up and go grab my deck. Cool. All right. Yeah, and you know, synchronicity is an amazing thing, and I love doing shit like this. But oh, one just flew out, so there we go. Let's see what it is. I got the King of Cups. Mm. I got the King of Cups, and I don't know. Maybe you can post a photo of it somewhere so people sure. can follow along with us visually. But uh, after you get the the one through the ten cycle of all the four suits of the minor arcane, and this one being cups, you hit the court cards, and that has the page, the queen, the king, which I've just pulled, and then the ultimate card is the knight. So the kings, um, there there are no numerology. There's no numbers attached to the court cards, but the kings are usually very masterful in in their suit, and the cups represent water, the water sign which is your emotional life. So there's been some sort of mastering of your emotional life, master of your emotions, which is intrinsically tied to mastering your mind because neuroscience tells us that our, our thoughts directly affect our emotions and there's the, the thinking feeling loop. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's got this mastery of, of the mind and it's funny because you know if you go to the world card the the cups come after the swords and the swords represent your mind your intellect so he's he's kind of looking back in the direction of the swords he's holding this cup on the past side of the card he has a beautiful mixture of red and blue in the card and red represents divine masculine energy and dark blue represents divine feminine so He's pulled out and uh, he's okay with the dualistic principles of himself. There's no aspect that he's neglecting. And uh, there's there's the color purple in this card, um, quite a, uh, in, in various spots, which is pretty rare in the Marseille tarot. It is the master color of the Marseille, but there's not much in it because it represents that blending of the red and the dark blue. So that even even a step further than pulling out all the aspects of yourself that are both masculine and feminine, now we're speaking to integration of those energies, which gives mm-hmm. you red and blue mixed into purple, which is really self-mastery and self-integration. And he has purple on the cuffs of his hands. There's a spot on this green belt that he's wearing. And then the, the biggest one is this cup on his receptive shoulder or through this window that's touching the cup on his, on his receptive shoulder on the left side of the card, which is encased in a frame of flesh color. So that is, that is integrating the two aspects, uh, the two archetypes, the masculine and feminine within yourself into the purple encased within flesh. Um, there's a ton of green in the card, which resembles rebirth and emergence, um, the higher self emerging. And he sits on this flesh-colored chair, which represents your body. 
He's very centered in his body. He's very comfortable being in the human form, though I feel like that took a great deal of work for him to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's looking toward the future, but his body is still three quarters positioned toward the past. So um, even though he's got his eye on the future, his body's still kind of integrating these emotional lessons. Um, and then a lot of light blue in the card, which is the color of spirituality. And then there's a bunch of orange in the card as well. And the orange is a mixture of red and yellow. And yellow symbolizes logic, intellect, and idea. And red is that divine masculine energy. So when you take what you've learned, yellow, and put it into action with the red, you get emotional fulfillment of it, which is represented by orange. So it's a really high vibrational positive card about having mastered your mind, which then leads to mastery of your emotions, um, which leads to a lot of fulfillment and self-integration, really knowing who you are. So, yeah, that's a synopsis of the King of Cups. And then, of course, in a spread, that information would be related to the cards around it, which would further inform the story that the cards want to tell. Okay. Does that work? That works. Do you do you ever take that sort of um, physical information and um, ascribe a story to it, or try to make some sort of like uh, presumption about who you're giving a reading to? I I, I really feel like it's um, an interpretation. I feel like it's a language mm. that I've I've learned to speak. Um, yeah, and. It, it so much of it for me is intuitive. Uh, I, my favorite readings are done for absolute complete strangers. And the first thing I say when they sit down is don't tell me anything. Yeah. And then the cards just kind of flip themselves over and it, it, it tells the story. It's just, it lays itself out in a language that I then get to interpret and, and, you know, give then, to the person giving receiving the reading. And they then get to interpret that. Well, it's 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 amazing to me how many people start welling up with tears or <sighs> yeah the the profundity of what goes on. It's really humbling. It's really humbling because I was terrified to do my first reading after two. I, I'd made two complete decks before I ever did a reading. So I spent a year and a half maybe even two years just studying and reading and drawing and coloring the cards. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, you know, I, I, I did it initially to just make a deck for myself to have one. And the first one had way too many years. And as I deepened my study, it was just completely unacceptable. So I gave it away and <laughs> I started my second deck the day after I finished my first one. And did you give the- it to an enemy? I did. <laughs> no, really? I gave it. I gave it to our mutual friend Brady Allen. Okay. Um, I just gave it to him. I was like, I'm, I'm going again. Yeah, you know, I told him about all the mistakes in it. And uh, yeah. And he so was, he had. He has like a. Uh, um. What it would be a set. How many cards are there? Seventy eight. Seventy eight cards. Yeah. So he has. He has a seventy ninth card that is like a key with all of your mistakes <laughs> to explain it. Well, that's funny you mention that because on the on the subsequent decks I made, I actually did keep a key of uh, any minor errors that I made. It's okay. hard to be. It's hard to be perfect. I got. I got damn close in these last two decks, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, that marker will make one little hash mark, you know, or one little thing goes awry, and uh, you know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But the second deck I did was was pretty dank. I paid much closer attention, much more attention to detail. Um, I, I upped my supply value 
Uh, so I just got better quality materials, okay. and uh, and that's the that's the readings. That's the deck I do my readings from is my second one. So a- after making my second deck and completing it, uh, I just I just thought I gotta try, you know, and and I was yeah. terrified to do it. So I just I just made up a little sign that said free tarot readings, and I would go to the cafe and put mm-hmm. up this sign. And people, you noticed, and then they would just walk up, these complete strangers. And I started using what I'd learned. And my very first two readings, someone broke down into tears. And the second one quit his job the next day because I told him he needed to jump off the cliff and grow wings on the way down based on what the cards were saying. Yeah. And he gave me a $20 gift card to the cafe. You know, I, I wasn't asking for tips. And people would just insisted on, on paying me because they were getting value out of it. Yeah. And I, I was just really surprised by the power of it. And I, I it in retrospect it, it feels very destined or led in something that I'm supposed to do. And now I'm to the point where I really I, I really feel in service and that I'm able to provide help and guidance to people who need it and in, in, in a way that's valuable to them. So the the energy exchange that takes place feels really good to me. That's great. What are, so are you doing readings now for people remotely or mainly locally? I, I still do locally, but you know, right now in this in this lockdown, there's no place to really go do it. I, I live in a small town of 5,000 people, so you see the same people all the time. Yeah. Um, the, the tourist season is a different story. My, my favorite thing about it is that random connection to strangers because I get to spend 10 to 15 intimate moments with someone that I'll, I'll probably never see again. Uh, that being said, I have friends now that uh, have become long-lasting relationships that I met through a tarot reading, which I think is fascinating on its own. Yeah. Um, but I've I've recently delved into online readings, and I I was once again intimidated at the idea of uh, not having their their physical energy present at a reading that you get in person. But the mm-hmm. same the same things are happening on on FaceTime and on Skype. Uh, it's it's the same thing. I shuffle and they tell me when to stop and then and then I give the reading and, and I, yeah. I get more bursting into tears stuff and, and sure. really uh, so or like it, crying emojis. Crying emojis, yeah, <laughs> yeah that happens. Um, but uh, uh, it's it's just this whatever you want to call spirit, whatever whatever divine is to uh-huh. you. It's that trust that something else is in charge and. And digital avenues are present now in our technological age. So if spirit is leading these people to me, um, I just have to trust that something bigger than myself is is in charge and just mm-hmm. kind of get out of the way and, and let the cards do the speaking. Mm-hmm. And and I have, you know, I've had a few clunkers. I, I, I'm okay admitting that there's been some readings that just didn't feel resonant with someone. There was a block for some reason. And in that case, you know, if the energy exchange doesn't feel good, I don't, I just simply don't take their money. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely edit that out. Yeah. Feel, feel free to. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> um, I just was like imagining like a magician that just like kept messing up and was like, okay, let me try this trick now. <laughs> like Job from uh, the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's great. So, are you connecting through your Instagram mainly for tarot readings? I've been uh, uh, I've been experimenting with the different uh, different platforms because 
now I'm doing this, and this came out of nowhere. I'm doing this thing called our daily spread. You know, give us this uh-huh. day our, our daily spread, and I yes. just go on every day. It's it's a discipline for me, which is uh, uh, really great for me to show up and do it every day. And it takes ten to fifteen minutes, and I just kind of tap in, and and three cards come out, and I just talk to talk to the audience, whoever that may be, and pull cards for all of us collectively. And yeah. so I've been experimenting on Facebook Live and then Instagram Live and cross posting to YouTube, and it's getting it's getting a lot of attention. I'm getting a lot of comments and feedback, and uh, and a lot of cool. views. And so that's something I, I definitely intend to to keep doing. And then um, if if someone requests a personal reading, uh, I do it on whatever platform they're most comfortable with. It could be an Instagram call, a Facebook messenger call, FaceTime, Skype, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I send a client a recording of, you know, I record the session and send them a video of it. Yeah, afterwards. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, do you want to tell everyone where they can reach you so that they can get a reading? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can follow me at, at Tarot by Keith. There's dots in between the tarot and the by and the Keith. So at tarot.by.keith, my Facebook page, Tarot by Keith, has uh, booking info, and you can book with me there. Um, and you can also follow me on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, Tarot by Keith, which I'm also offering a free teaching series. So I just kind of make videos on, on my view of the Marseille Tarot, and you can follow along. Amazing. Well, Keith, thanks for coming on. Is there anything else you want to talk about that that we can throw in love that well well first of all i want to say thanks so much for the conversation it's been uh, a great deal of fun for me yeah absolutely um i i just i would say i find it very interesting that in in all of my different pursuits of which there have been many that there is a common thread through all of it and mm-hmm. and i i find that that common thread seems to be just frequency and the fact that all energy speaks to a vibration of frequency and the marriage of color and sound and tarot and my audio work and the hypnosis, it, it the more that I expand myself and study different aspects of reality, I, the more I see threads that connect them together and they're all tied to the heart. Mm. So I don't know if that fits in or not, but I felt compelled to say that. No, Absolutely. Um, well, Keith, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been great having you, and um, we'll have to have you on again sometime soon. Well, that sounds great, and you've made my day. Oh, thanks, Keith. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's going to about have to do it for today's episode of Make My Day. I just want to thank you for coming along the journey with me. It's been a real pleasure. As always, send me an email at makemydayshow at gmail.com. I hope you guys have a happy Halloween. I hope it freaking rocks. And I hope you have a wonderful election. I hope it's everything you dream for. And I hope each and every one of you gets exactly what you want and that it's it's great. So uh, without further ado, uh, bye bye Wake up in the morning, make you two sloppy eggs. Find a piece of cheese and put it on some bread. Have a cup of joe and the next thing that you know time for you to hit the road make my day i like it in the morning make my day and even in the afternoon make my day sometimes in the evening make my day
synchronicity is an amazing thing. 